Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined, as always, finally, by G. Hey Wiley, Armani Buckets, and Brandon Deutsch. How are we doing, beautiful people? I know. Thank you so much, you guys, for giving me the day off. I'm not going to lie. It was really, really needed, so I'm not going to discuss the listeners by uh, telling them what I had, but I uh, thank you for that day off. It's better than... You know the play calling last night on last night's game. So we were thinking about you, Jihei, and the G-men pulling off the upset. Jihei called it. I was like, dude, there's no way they're beating the Packers. And Jihei was like, ah, you never know. It's in London. You know. You know what about that game that I love is the offensive mind of Bill Dabo right now. It's yeah. insane. Like making Saquon a, a quarterback, and this isn't the first time they've done it this season. So it's. Pretty incredible. I, I'm. I just. Th- I'm I on the hook for him. He definitely won the game once that thing spiraled on Twitter of the guy. You know, with the. With the what? He had the trainer. Oh him yeah! Out. Oh yeah! The, oh my god! On the That's when they won the game. <laughs> right so, there. Uh, we got to ask you, hey, playoff team, or or how are we feeling now? I need more time. I need more time. Come on, no, you can't let her do that, Rock. You can't let her do that. You got it. No, I'm still really doubtful. I'm doubtful only because, look, it's been like a decade of just really, really, really bad Giants football. Well, so I'm just, I'm not ready to turn that corner for you, that, with that. you guys. Look at the teams in the NFC. So you're saying the Giants are going to make it over the Cowboys, over the Rams, over the Cardinals. Philadelphia. Over yeah, you know, I mean, like, Philly is oh, a beast I'm, right I'm now. Not, I want to hear a yes or no from G. <laughs> wait, wait, how many a definitive teams, answer. How many teams? Five, so, right, or six? Five we are not five. winning the conference. How about that? We are not winning our conference. No, How about that? Or our, our division. We're not no. winning our division. I will you, I will say you that. You could finish second if you beat yeah. the Cowboys, though. Yeah, no, that I agree. I agree. Let's get her on the hook for a yes or a no. Because so far, it's just been I mean, very, technically, that's a no. She no is Super a very Bowl. pessimistic fan, though. I, I want a bottle of Camus because I said that the Clippers would make the Western Conference Finals the year that they uh, lost to the Sun. She said Oh, I no. said no. I said, <laughs> I said not. not only that, if they're healthy, if they're healthy, they'll make it to the Finals. They would have. But they, they well, no, they're, 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 they're going to win this year. Yeah, can, we, can we get her on the hook for that? No, yes. I will say with a precursor, if, if everybody's healthy. What will okay. happen with the Clippers this year? We will win the West. Oh, yes. Okay. okay. There we no, go. Not just the West. No, I'm just sticking with the West. All I'm right. not even going to get to the take baby steps. Yes. I'll, I'll double down. If the Clippers are fully healthy, they're going to win the championship. There we go. You've been saying that for a while. Yes, the Clippers are going to win. I'm still not biting that, but I will I will bite that they, just, just because of the past and just because of injury, I will say if we are fully healthy, we will win the West. There is no question in my mind about that. I like that. Unless Absolutely. Jordan Poole just continues to like, <laughs> yeah. you know. I mean, the, the man is Stephen Curry 2.0, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. I do have to bring this up because I was not here on uh, Friday. It is the two-year mark of this show yep. making its debut on 1090, which is a really big deal because when uh, Scott Kaplan originally came to me and said, uh, you know, we have a slot open 12 to 1, I was like, I've never hosted a sports talk show before. And he said, well, don't, don't really think of it as a sports talk show. Think of it more as a, as a podcast, you know, two 21-minute segments. I'm like, I've never hosted a podcast before. <laughs> well, the only podcast that I had bid on a couple of times. Uh, was, more than a couple. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, three, I think. Yeah, at that time, uh, was a GA's podcast, and so I said, GA, do you do you know how to do? And listen, there's a big difference uh, between doing a once a week or once in a blue moon podcast, any Monday through Friday podcast that we got to get on the air here. So you know, we we began doing the show on a snowball blue microphone in <laughs> uh, my kitchen or bedroom or where I mean, we just the living room, living room. <laughs> took it on the road, did it in your wine cellar. Tampa wine cellars. <laughs> so, you know, it's amazing that not only that we are still doing the show two years now, uh, we've expanded the crew, you know, and uh, we're actually, this is a proper studio. We're on the air in Las Vegas. We're on the air in Hawaii. We're on the air with the Believe Network, which the significance there is we're on tuning. So, folks, if you have a smart car or a car that, you know, you know that, that you could type in, if you type in the Arash Markazi show, and you're in your Tesla or, or whatnot, you could listen. You could listen to the show. So, I mean, we really come a long way. And uh, YouTube version at some point uh, this year, which G.A. has been talking about for two years, but she's we're finally <laughs> <laughs> Slowly but surely. But uh, with that said, let's get to today's headlines brought to you by the Sporting Tribune. The Sporting Tribune is your go-to destination for the best coverage of your favorite teams in Southern California, Las Vegas, and Hawaii. No paywalls, no clickbait, no pop-ups, just your favorite teams. And a clean reading experience. Experience, visit thesportingtribune.com today. Hit it, Jihei. Well, as we said, the Raiders, man, that's poor Vegas, um, are now one and four after Josh McDaniels not only went for two, still boggles my mind, when uh, we when they could have tied the game with four minutes to go. But he also called to play for a deep pass in um, on fourth and one, both of which cost the Raiders a very winnable game. Guys, is the Raiders' season effectively over? I think it is. I mean, when you talk about how tough that division, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough division, and they're losing games that, 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 that they shouldn't lose. Um, like, I'm watching that game. They're up 17 to nothing. I'm like, this is the this is the team that I've been talking about. This is the team that was the, the dark horse pick to win the division. Again, a lot of talk about the Chiefs, a lot of talk about the uh, Chargers. But for Las Vegas to be where they are, and you hate to say this, you hate to say a first-year coach would be on the hot seat. But come on, Josh McDaniels, you are definitely on the hot seat. Devontae Adams, what the heck are you doing pushing a cameraman? And by the way, that cameraman, according to TMZ Sports, is pressing charges. I mean, it's a little ridiculous, of course, but listen, I mean, you, you, it's, it's, it's a viral moment. The guy got shoved by a uh, one of the top wide receivers in football, so not surprising there. But that happens when you're frustrated and you're losing and nothing's going your way, and the coach is making poor calls, and so it is. It, it, it's not a good situation for Las Vegas. I, I don't think that they make the playoffs. And again, I. I Got to believe that if you hire Josh McDaniels, he's going to get more than one year. But man, if this goes sideways, if if this continues to go like if it's a below five hundred season, I I don't see how you you can keep him there. 
Yeah, I mean, look, when I wrote the preseason article on the Raiders and I said, hey, they'll probably win 11 games, I was under the impression that McDaniels knew how to coach, obviously. And I, I know, that, you know, we're laughing, but it's like, man, everything that can go wrong does go wrong. And it just shows that never hire someone in Belichick's camp because the genius is Belichick. It's not anybody else. It's not like it's, it's a great point. Who is the best one from his tree? Like, None of them. That's amazing. Matt Patricia, awful. Yeah. McDaniels, awful. Bill O'Brien, awful. Yeah. <laughs> Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien's such a clown. He's the guy who said, DeAndre Hopkins, let's trade him because he has five baby mamas. What kind of reasoning is that? What kind of reasoning is that? I mean, that's the type of guys that people that are hiring. That is an amazing league. thing. I mean, like a coach that successful having that poor of a coaching tree. Like, the, like there's no one. I was trying yeah. to think, like, who's the best of the well, bunch? It's Belichick. Yeah. It's not like it's Kyle Shanahan yeah. or Sean McVay who have, you know, great coaching trees already. Or Mike Shanahan, you know, where all those guys start from. McVay, yeah. LaFleur, Kyle, right? So, I mean, I don't know. I think Kyle's the guy that's like now the coach. Like, Saleh is a great coach. D'Amico Ryan. The Niners better win the Super Bowl this year because D'Amico Ryan's going to be a head coach next year <laughs> with that number one defense. So it's kind of their windows closed in the Niners. It's going to be hard to come out of the NFC, but that's a whole different story. And even if they do come out of the NFC somehow, you know, it's going to be darn hard to beat the Bills or Chiefs in the yeah. Super Bowl. But, um, you know, so that that tree's there. But, I mean, man, the Raiders are so, so, like, boneheaded. It's just that, I mean, obviously the reps with the defensive hold right there in the field. I mean, that was an awful call. Then again, I think that was payback for the call on Chris Jones, right? That was just like an awful call as well when, you know, he sacked Derek Carr. What are you supposed to do, not sack the quarterback now? I mean, that's kind of what football's going to. And then Michael Parsons comes out and says, you know, what do, should we just play seven on seven, like flag football? Like, you know, you can't tackle anybody anymore. But Devontae pushing that guy, I mean, Devontae was heated because he did enough to win them that game. And so did Derek Carr. He did. And Devontae, I think, I think that it was on that call. I think it should not have been overturned just because, I, you know, I, I saw the graze of the foot before the second foot was down. And I was like, man, I don't think that's enough to overturn that call. They're in Kansas City. And those refs, if they wanted to go home, they needed to call everything for Kansas City. I mean, they were scared to call anything against Kansas City. That's how crazy their fans are. And I just think, like, I, I don't I don't mean to say this, like, because the Chiefs are really good, but they always have the referees on their side. I don't know how it's possible. I, I, it's not a complaining thing or, like, unbiasedly, just from what I watch. And you can't, you should never count on the refs to call the game. You should win fair and square. Yeah. But it seems like, yeah, McDaniel shot himself in the foot going for two. I mean, why do you go for two? You tie the game, right? And you stop the the, the Chiefs. Let's say you stop them effectively regardless. Yeah. Then you don't have pressure because you could take it to overtime. You can, right? You can. Run Maybe he didn't have enough confidence in the in the D. I'm not excusing that because it to go for it on two at, with four minutes left, it makes no four sense. Four minutes because Mahomes no could get you in 30 seconds. You're yeah. giving him four right. minutes. It just make get the tie and then that makes no know, like, sense. No, it makes no sense. But I'm wondering, does he have any faith in his defense? Well, and maybe that's another the reason why there, to do that. Regardless of the faith, and you're probably right, but it's like there's so much time left. I mean, right. this, this right. you do that if that's like the the last play of the also, game. There's two seconds left or something. Even after the overturned Devontae call, why do you pass on fourth and one? I know that you don't have any timeout. Yeah. I would have ran the ball with Jacobs, spiked it, and then you get a yeah. fresh set of downs, right? That's what I would have done. Very simple. Jacobs was averaging four yards per carry. It's not like he's going to... I mean, the chances of him getting stopped before that 
yard line there. Yeah. It's great. Or you'd run a jet sweep with Devontae Adams. You know, switch it up. My right? thing is, like, what does the one-point lead get you with four minutes left? Exactly. It, it, it doesn't get you nothing. anything. I mean, nothing. in no sense. So I am in the minority on both of these. The Nathaniel oh, Hackett field goal me, in week please. one and the two-point <laughs> conversion. I don't think it's What the does the one-point lead get you? It gets you to have pressure on the other team. Psychologically, I know, and the Chiefs are not gonna. You're screwed, anyways. Yeah. Four and a half minutes, Mahomes. Sure. He's gonna wind the clock down. The fact that they didn't get a first down when it was second and three, I didn't think the Raiders were gonna get the ball back. It was second and three, incomplete, incomplete, and then they had to punt it back. Is the juice worth the squeeze, though? I mean, like, is it worth the pr- like? You're, you're so you're saying that because you want to pressure the, the Chiefs. The Chiefs are already gonna do what they're gonna do. Exactly. They're at home, so you're like, screwed. the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Go for the tie. You get the tie, and then. See how it all plays out. It's just a terrible call. Like I, I got to be honest. I mean, it, it made no sense to me. I get it. Yeah. I, I understand why a lot of people don't get it. I I don't mind it because then you're also pressured to actually. Okay, now we have to get the ball back. Yeah. Whereas in a tie game, I feel like Mahomes is just going to go down, wind the clock, kick a 20-yard field goal, and the game would have been over. But again, to Brandon's point, it's third and one. You have the ball back. Yeah. 47 seconds left and you run a wheel route a 25 yard pass to Devonte adams when you could have just ran it to josh jacobs who's averaging 7.3 yards a carry you give him the ball he gets three yards you spike it now you're like 20 yards away from a field goal and you have 38 seconds left yeah why can't you do that I, I had a lot more problems with those things. The holding penalty on the field goal, which adds on points to the Chiefs. But again, the Raiders 1-4 and four is a terrible spot to be in. The only bright side, the only optimism that I can see, their next six games, not one of those teams is above 500. They go into the yeah. bye week now, then you have none of the next six opponents are above 500. Can you go 5-1? and one? Yeah. Like I think talent wise, they're they're talent fine. Should the, the talent wise, but again, so let's 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 play this out with two coaches that are you know very young and well thought of. If the Chargers and the Raiders both miss both miss the playoffs this year, who's on the hot seat? Who who gets fired? Well, I don't. Both of them. Both of them. Now here's the thing. Brandon Staley for sure because now Brandon I mean, Staley should be fired right now. <laughs> uh, I think Brandon Staley more so yeah. than McDonald's because McDonald's is only in his first. Well, Brandon chair. Staley, like the way that they finished out last season was so bad, and and again, you know, you can go for it on fourth and one like every now and again, but like time and time again, the Josh McDaniels things. I mean, the, the problem is like that was not a home run hire. It wasn't like anyone thought like, oh my god, we got our guy. To Brandon's point, like like who from that coaching tree is done anything not only that he already showed what he could do as a head coach this is not his first shot right he didn't succeed and it was in the same division right like it was with the broncos i mean look both of neither of those guys should ever have been hired right like Chargers are going to go after Peyton in the offseason. Now, that's a home run hire, right? A Super Bowl yeah. champion coach, what he could do like, with the quarterback. What that would mean for Justin Herbert, that would be yeah, huge. Absolutely. And I don't think, even if the Chargers make the playoffs, I think he's gone, Staley. I think he's gone either yeah, way. Yeah, because we talked to Fernando. He said that not only do they have to make the playoffs, they have to win a playoff game. I think he's saying that because there's a lot of talk that this is the job Sean Payton wants. You look on paper... 
this may be the most talented team in the league. And you're oh, talking about yeah. the best young quarterback in the league. And you're in Los Angeles. You're in Los you've Angeles, got SoFi Stadium. Brand new practice exactly. facility right down the street from here. I mean, and it is a dream job. The craziest part is, again, we talked about the AFC West going into the year. You guys just mentioned the two coaches. Uh, but what about Hackett? So you could have three openings in the yeah. AFC West at the <laughs> right. end of the year. And by the way, with Denver, that might be the least attractive job yeah. opening. because What of- happened to Russell? Wilson, by the way, Gino's I mean, better, I guess. So, no, you're looking. You're looking at what Seattle already knew and That's why Seattle wanted thing. wanted him gone. Pete Carroll is always playing by the chess way, while everyone else is playing checkers. I hate to kind of switch topics here, but it is the Rush Markazi show, so it's got to be about the Lakers. It is so clear <laughs> that they knew something about Taylor Horton Tucker, like either like LeBron or like even someone at Clutch was like, you know, he's going to Sizzler. Like, oh, God. He's, he's definitely like. We keep talking to him, but bro, you. You got to trade him. If you can get Pat Bev or yeah. something, you know, I mean, I mean they know the league is fascinating because everybody knows everything about everybody. Yeah. It, 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 it's it very like small. Big, it's a small. And, and, and so there was enough talk about Taylor Horton Tucker. Listen, when you're a teenager and you're doing what he's doing again, two years ago, he's on a championship team and he contributes to a championship team. And I think the following year, he, he, he had his moments. So that was his high watermark, where he's 19 years old, contributing to a championship team. And, like, you, you had to move him at that point because, the, and again, Clutch knows what they're dealing with. He was like, yeah, he's, he's not going any higher. Can I ask you a yeah. question, though, uh, m- moving back to the NFL? Sure, yeah. Because what we're seeing right now is Geno Smith stepping in and playing like an all-star, like an all-pro. Yeah. Um, how much of that is because of Pete Carroll, and what do you think Pete Carroll's overall impact and legacy will be? Pete does an amazing job of getting the most out of the talent that he has. So I do think he is a championship coach, but he is also a coach that can take a team that's not that great and get them to the playoffs or get them to the first round of the playoffs. So again, no one thought that much about Seattle. Um, he is, I mean, and again, I'm amazed he's lasted this long with with the Seahawks because he, he gets you pumped up. But there, there comes a point in time with a lot of coaches who are like, okay, we've, we've heard the speech before. Like, okay, okay, but... I am amazed. I mean, I mean, not, I mean, I've seen it happen with him, but he he gets the most from his guys. It's supposed to be the worst team in the league, or exactly. one of the worst. And I mean, they're right there. Hey, at this point, they could make it over the Rams. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know that's kind of. And like, Gha brought it up. That offensive line is so bad. Out of left know. field, I know the Rams probably still figure it out. You know, they have the talent to make the playoffs. But I mean, the Seahawks are close in every single game. They could make the playoffs. Can I ask one more ridiculous question since we went on the Broncos? Yeah. Um, Okay, this is really might be considered ridiculous, but this is how low I am on Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson or Daniel Jones? Right now, oh, Danny Dimes all day. Oh, oh there's Danny Dimes. I'll take him over Russell <laughs> any day. Okay, okay. Danny Dimes. By the way, okay. Danny Dimes okay. is not. Danny Dimes is not going in and saying and doing promo videos like hey, that. Oh, crazy. Danny Dimes country. is not going in and like warming up like an insane oh, man, asylum person. Like, this is a hell of a drug. That is not. Oh, first and foremost, hell that, of a drug. I have Be wanted back. him gone. I have wanted Danny Dimes gone since the beginning of the season. So I was like, you only get Danny three years Dimes of me. Danny Dimes is not better than Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, yes, he's playing awful, but he has the worst. First offensive line in the league. The Broncos. You've got to be kidding. <laughs> the Giants have had the worst offensive line for a decade. But it's better than the Broncos this year, by far. Uh, I so beg, I beg to, I, be, I, I think 
it's coaching because look how Russell is with with yeah, Pete Carroll, Hackett. and that yeah. and now look at him with Hackett. It's look offensive at, line and and coaching. But look at him with look at him with Dabble right now. That the current from, moment in time, like from, he was zero thirteen. From pure talent, it's Wilson any day over. Jones isn't going to have a job next year, probably. No, no, he has no. He has he has two more years on his contract. And he's going to get a dra- five year no, extension. They should draft the after this year, probably. <laughs> Absolutely not. They okay, no, no, no. So I was on the same page as you. I was like, draft a quarterback this year. Like I'm fine with it. And then like this happens. So if he can keep the same level that he's doing right now at this current moment in time for the next two more years, keep his job. He can he wow. can stay there. That's fine. But you better you better perform, man, because. Media in New York is mean. Like they are not nice, and they are not going to be nice they, to you. They should trade him for Sam Darnold. I'm just kidding. I'm good with that. No, stop. Stop. Stop with Shout that. Out USC. I stop. Am absolutely love optimistic G hate Giants fan. This is awesome. I mean, if you're comparing one like him versus Russell, I mean, come on. Bruce already in the pudding. Like, and the, here's the thing. I think it's it's still it's a hundred percent coaching. Look at who his coaches and by the way, Russell has been with how many coaches? Two. Yeah. How many has Daniel Jones had to deal with? One. Four. No, four. <laughs> four <laughs> flipping coaches that he's had to deal with. So I mean, you got to cut him right, a little he's bit. Still of bad. So <laughs> he's not, obviously not this year. He's still great this year. <laughs> Oh, love it when Jihei gets pumped up about her New York football giants. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by old friend of the show, Freddie Stevenson. When we come back on the Mighty Year 1090 in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty Year 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline. At 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Sporting Tribune guest hotline right now. Friend of the program. He was on the show way back in the day. Freddie Stevenson. Freddie, how are you? And I'm great. How are you guys doing? We are good, Freddie. We had to get you back on. I just read about the documentary that you have. Uh, I, I, I'm making plans to see it. I'm going to be on a train to San Diego uh, this weekend, and I'm making time to see your doc uh, just because I'm, I'm fascinated by your story. Trials to Triumph. For people who want to check it out, tell them how they can. Yeah, you can check out the film now. It's available to stream on sapphirenetwork.com. S-A-F-I-R.com. That'll be the first ever NFT streaming platform. So it's something something unique. We'll have the NFT aspect up within a few months, but it's definitely dope. I'm excited about it. Tell folks about your story. I, I think I can, but I mean, it's it, it's such a a a, um, a a fascinating but inspirational story. Uh, you know, tell us what will be covered here. We follow along my story 
all of the things that we get didn't get to touch on in the book, and then some of the some of the things that we did, but we tell the stories a little bit deeper. Bring in some of my family. You have guys like Maurice Bernard from General Hospital coming in to tell his story. Celebrity life coach Tony Gaskins, former NFL player Delvin Bowen. I'm introducing some other people to the world as well, and I truly believe they have some powerful stories that are going to impact so many lives. For Freddie, what has been the most inspirational thing that you've kind of dealt with? You know, when when people hear your story, it helps them get through what they're going through. Uh, I mean, if one comes to mind, I mean, was there someone who contacted you or who reached out to you and said, I was dealing with something, but I read your story. or I watched your story. Uh, is is there one that sticks out? Yeah, without a doubt. I remember just a few years ago after launching my book, I was kind of discouraged because the book wasn't doing what I wanted it to do. I was just trying to figure out what was next. And then someone reached out to me. We were like in the middle of the pandemic, and they were just pouring their heart out saying how they read the book. They weren't a sports fan, but they came across the book on Amazon, and they kept them from taking their life. They wow. had just lost their job. Their family was turning on them because finances were, were tight. And they said my book kept them, kept them, gave them a reason to keep going. So at that point, it was like, man, I'm doing something that's bigger than me. I, I got to continue to push this story. And so that's the moment for me. You know, when you're going through something like that and the book is maybe not doing what you, you want to do, it's cliche to say, but like, you know, if you could just help one person, I mean, you saved one person's life there. Now take me through that. You had the book. When did the idea come to have the film? The film, to be honest, it wasn't even a, a thought. Like, of course, you dream to have your story turned into a film, but I was just continuing to like enjoy the process i wasn't really thinking about it because i'm new to this i came from a sports background but when a guy that was partnered with netflix reached out to me and said he wanted to potentially put my film on netflix he wanted to work with me make a film put on netflix that's when i was like wow this is real um that didn't work and then some guys that were at warner brothers reached out saying how they're trying to create a new platform and we ultimately got that deal done and here we are now Freddie, thank you again for joining us. I wanted to talk about your football career. Um, you were a member of the, Sh- the Chicago Bears. Can you talk about what life is like when you're like trying to fight for a roster spot, trying to work your way into the NFL? What was that period of your life like? For me, you got two sides of it. The side that, that knows at the fullback position, when I worked and then just being honest and there was nobody out of a few guys like the guy from the 49ers Kyle Ustek and maybe two other guys that had the guy given ability that I had along with that work ethic but the other side of it is the political side so that was more so my worry like all these guys want to try to play games with my life and but I knew on the field and everything the work that I put in the, the results are going to speak for themselves but the, the political side it drives you crazy it's something outside of your control you wake up wondering if a coach is going to screw you over. I remember the guy I was competing with, I drafted him two years ago, two years prior on another team. He came in and immediately they said, he's going to make our team better. They were going out for dinners and everything. I'm like, wow, like this is crazy. And I'm playing running back, fullback, ace back. And then we get into the game and they try to limit my carries at running back so that I can get better film for them. Because practice is one thing, but you know the game throw more weight. And they didn't want me to get filmed playing H-bag, running back, because he couldn't do those things. So it was just weird for me to do that process. But ultimately, with time, you know, 
Like, man, if I would have had my coach from college at this level, he probably would have some things around for me as well. So I can't hate it. It's not about what you know. Sometimes it's about who you know. Absolutely, Freddie. Uh, I know you brought up Kyle's, Kyle Juszczyk, and um, you know I'm I'm a 49ers fan, and I just see how he's impacting the position, a Pro Bowler every single year. When there's not many fullbacks, you know your position in the NFL. How marvelled are you by how implemented he is in this Kyle Shanahan offense? And you know, is is he an inspiration to fullbacks coming into the league, knowing that you know there could be a spot for them because a lot of teams don't have fullbacks right now. Or don't implement. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say a marvel because I seen what Shanahan was doing with Pat DeMarco when he was with Atlanta, and DeMarco is not even half of the athlete that Hucheck is. And I seen him over with the Ravens doing this thing. I'm like, man, if this guy gets an opportunity in another system, he's going to be a star. So once him and Shanahan got together, it was a match made in heaven, man. So everything that I'm seeing now, you saw the flashes in Baltimore. So it's just a blessing to see him get that opportunity and. Yeah, man, there's it's plenty of fullbacks out there that have that skill set, but just having a coach that still likes to use fullbacks, that's the thing. Um, Freddie, it's thank you again so much for taking the time to be on uh, the Rosh Markazi show. I really appreciate your time, man. You've been so patient with us. Um, I wanted to know, um, going back to college right now, what made you choose Florida State? What made you, you know, want to go to said school? Um, yeah. Um, I didn't like Florida State growing <laughs> up. I, I like I like Miami, but all the Florida schools were scared off by my injury my junior year. So I was going to go out of state, but my mother wouldn't sign the paperwork. I early enrolled. She wouldn't sign the paperwork. She wouldn't talk to any of the schools throughout recruiting. So I started looking at the Florida schools, and Florida State was the only school that stood by me even through my injury. And that's ultimately why I decided to, to go there. It meant a lot for me for them to stand by me being who they were. Freddie, what's what's your thoughts on the current landscape in uh, college sports, not just college football? I mean, you were on one of the greatest uh, you know college football teams of all time, but now when you look at college football with the transfer portal and guys can make a ton of money with endorsements, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm watching football and Caleb Williams, the quarterback at USC, has got a a com- a commercial on there. Uh, I mean, the, it's totally changed. Your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, you got good and bad that comes with it. I'll never hate on these guys to have an opportunity to, to benefit off their name, image, and likeness. I mean, everybody else has been doing it off them for, for years. Um, you just have to have some rules surrounded around it, like better yeah. rules. I think that's, that's the biggest thing that's kind of hurting that there isn't any rules in place so people are just jumping all over the place every year. Like, a guy can play this year, have a great year, have success with the team, and then all of a sudden he's on another team, not because anything went wrong, just because they paid them more money. So it's like wild free agency every single year. You don't play a guy enough snaps. He's sitting out and wants to end of the transfer port. Like, it's crazy. So we got to get some more rules in place, but I'll never have an issue with the guys taking money. Freddie, do you have a solution to this? Because I agree with you. I think that, um, I mean, right now it's the wild, wild west as far as NILs, contracts are concerned, and these kids making money and stuff like that as, as student athletes. Um, and I'm all for it. I'm all for them, you know, getting their bag and all that stuff. But um, is there anything maybe that you would possibly implement in here that, you know, can kind of control the situation? Man, it's, it's so tough because... You put all these rules on the on the players, and then the coaches are doing the same thing. So right. it's like I don't really I don't really have the answer for you. Like you see coaches every single year, um, they're preaching this to their kids, and then you see a guy, um, what's the coach name that that's at USC. He actually left Oklahoma, but 
coaches do it every year, man. You, you see them leave for more money, and so you can't get mad at the kids when they do it as well. So you just have to put rules in, in place to kind of fight against this, and that's ultimately all you need. I don't know what it, what you can do at this point, and they don't know either. That's why we're um, dealing with these issues, but I think within the next two or three years, we'll start getting answers. Freddie, I wanted to ask you a fun question here. Um, in college, who's the best Florida State Seminole of all time? In college, not in the NFL. In college? Yes. Um, in college, got to be Peter Roy. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a good answer. I mean, a lot of people say even Jameis Winston in college, but, you know, there there's a ton of great athletes at Florida State that come came out of Florida State. This was special, but Peter Ward, he transcended the game, man. Yeah. Just hearing guys from back in the day and then even guys now, man, Peter Ward is still the reason they wanted to come to Florida State growing up. For, for, I, I can't thank you enough. It's one of the most uh, fascinating stories, and uh, you were so nice to be on our show when we first started. Uh, once again, Freddie, if people want to check out the doc, how can they? They can check it out at Sapphire Network, S-A-F-I-R-E network.com make sure to leave a review after watching the thing we've been getting some crazy reviews and i appreciate those <laughs> i love it uh one more question for you freddie are th- um are you doing another um I-, I believe you did a reveal when the movie first came out are you going to be doing any more of those oh yeah yeah so the plan is to turn this into a docuseries we're actually starting up meetings next week with some some people some people out from la y'all seen on the tv screen so we got so many different Thousand Triumph stories to tell all over the world. So don't get this thing rolling, man, to continue the process. I love it. So inspirational, man. Love it. Thank you so much, Freddie. You're the best. Let's talk soon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much, Freddie. Awesome. Freddie Stevenson, great documentary. And again, GA, I mean, he, he was on our show when we were first beginning this and uh, very nice to come on. We uh, chatted with him, I think, on Zoom back then. We've, 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 Kind of been so lucky to talk to so many people. By the way, I got to do something really cool yesterday, and I wanted to kind of touch on that. So uh, I still call it Staples Center, but (laughs) Crypto.com Arena uh, refurbished the chairman's room. It's now called the Chairman's Club. It is. It looks like a legit club. Rob Palinka was there. Luke Robitaille was there. They... uh, officially uh you know like open the door of the uh, chairman's club so it was uh it was the first time that rob and luke had had sat down and uh i got to ask them some questions um rob is very optimistic not surprisingly right (laughs) rob is very optimistic about this season he's very optimistic that a coaching change will you know kind of uh help things luke is optimistic about the uh, kings can't be worse (laughs) <laughs> it can't be worse. I mean, I, I get, yeah. That Luke, me. that Luke interview for me was probably like one of my favorites. He is so great. I mean, Canadians I, are way too nice, man. Yeah. He was just so nice. The Kings had an event, um, Hockeywood, on Saturday night, and I got to go and, you know, just like, there's no one who has a statue who's as nice as Luke is. I mean, generally, if you have a statue, you have your number retired, you're in the Hall of Fame, you think you're a big deal, and quite frankly, you are. Luke never carries himself that way, and so, yeah. So, you know, I'm not a huge hockey sure. fan, but what, what what are the Kings projected to do this so season? So, they made the playoffs a year ago, and they are projected to once again make the playoffs this year. And not only that, you know, maybe be in that kind of, you know, top uh, – position where they'll have um, home ice in the first round. Uh, 
you know, I think Colorado, I, I don't have the stat or, you know, I, I don't know the Colorado's Las Vegas odds, but Colorado should be there. But again, it's opening night tonight, Las Vegas versus the Kings at crypto.com. Uh, but, you know, the problem for the Kings, and, and, and tonight's game will be sold out, but it's kind of tough for them because they're going head to head with game one of the National League Division Series against the Dodgers. So that's always a tough thing at the beginning of the Kings season, the beginning of the Lakers Clippers season. If the Dodgers have a long run going up against those uh, two teams. And so. you, you two will be there, you and Jihei. Will be GA at will the be Dodgers. there. Oh. GA has a tradition. Uh, thankfully, she's not going to totally stick to the timing of that because when GA sticks to the timing of that, she'll miss the beginning of the game. And I don't want her to miss the beginning of the game. It's sold out. It's the Dodgers. It's the Padres. It's 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 going to be a fun night. Yeah, I wanted to ask. I know you know we're excited about the the season starting for hockey. Start season starting for basketball. But what about the Dodgers in the playoffs, right? Yeah, like, right. what what do they need to do, Arash, to win this series convincingly? Well, listen, I, I really, and I'm not just saying this, you know, when you get to the postseason, I just want them to win. The whole convincingly thing, I mean, I, listen, it'd be fantastic if they won in a sweep. It would be fantastic if they won in four. I mean, you never want to get to that game five spot, uh, you know, certainly in the division series. But... It comes down to pitching. I love that it's going to be Julio Urias on the mound tonight, game one, Clayton Kershaw, game two. Um, and again, the closing. I mean, it's been 10 years, and as good as the Dodgers' closers have been in the regular season, come postseason, the pitching has been quite well, problematic, guess, yeah. but then the closing has been an issue. But guess what? I got a huge problem. I have to drive to an adult league game today in basketball <laughs> at like 6 oh, o'clock, boy. and I, oh my. You better leave LA it like traffic. 4. <laughs> hey, if any of y'all are listening, the one thing about LA, man, the traffic, we gotta yeah. do some of it. There's just so many people in this city. <laughs> well, we already drove Elon Musk out of town, so I don't that's think that right. that's gonna happen. More people, please move to Texas so we don't have, we don't have, no, but I'm gonna, I'll, I know, GA, you wanted to bring this up. I think it's such a blessing in disguise they didn't have to play the Mets. Oh, and I know I yeah. know the Padres are hot. Yeah. But if we're looking at just two teams and how they stack up against the each other. Dodgers advantage hitting obviously, advantage bullpen and advantage pitching. They have advantages everywhere. In comparison to them, yeah. And the Mets yeah. would have an advantage pitching. The Mets just but. would have been such a grind. I mean, you know, when you yeah. look at the season that they had and who they could potentially put out there. Um, and then also not to not to mention, it's a two-hour drive commute. Exactly, right? Like, As opposed real. to a five-and-a-half-hour flight. Let's, let's yeah. be real. Trent Grisham isn't going to have the series he had against the Mets against no. the Dodgers. No. Right? Yeah. Like, Juan Soto is the guy that needs to step up. But the Dodgers are going to be playing Sean Manea, who they've killed in the regular season. They're going to be playing pitchers they absolutely demolished. And Arash is right. The playoffs are a different animal. Freddie Freeman even said it. You know, people say the Padres have been hot. We've been hot for seven seven months, yeah. really. I mean, it's it's true. I mean, there's no reason why the Dodgers shouldn't win this series, even convincingly. At the same time, Dodgers fans should be happy because the Mets, it would have been like a four or five game series, probably. Yeah. As, as, as much as the Mets were choking. And the grind of travel. And yeah. He just brought and this up. And we saw, I mean, the Dodger fans must have PTSD about that Giants series. That screwed them up for the Braves 100%. series. 100%. Now, and it wasn't just that. It was them grinding 162 games, yep. playing that 162nd game with the hope of winning the division losing the and division on the, the last day game. going on the wild yeah. card game win or go home against the cardinals and they win in that fashion then in the game five against san francisco and you have to put out you know max scherzer on the short rest and i mean just by the time they got to that 
the Brave series, and it got the games. I mean, they were just fried. They didn't have anything left. And yeah, this, this is promising now because you're gonna, you know, you have Urias, Kershaw. I mean, you have pitching. I know Trinan, Gratterall. I mean, it's it's gonna be tough. Who with goes that. game three? If, if I mean, who, uh, I would or, think or it's. Who would you go I with? would think it's. I mean, it depends. Maybe Gonsolin. Have they ruled him out for the series? Is he off the roster? I don't. I didn't check. So. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't look, but I. I I don't he think should it's a, be available. He should be available. But it didn't look great, right? It didn't, yeah. it didn't look great. Start back, I mean, so. so even if you start Tyler Anderson or you start even Dustin May, I mean, that's not terrible. I heard on another radio show, actually on John Ireland's show, that yeah. Tyler Anderson was game three and they're planning okay. to do. I don't know if that's confirmed. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. He's been consistent. Yeah. And they said Gonsolin game four in a bullpen game. Bullpen. So, right. okay. I mean, that, and that's always the issue, right? Is, you know, are they uh, are they going to do what they did last year and just? Oh, I'm oh. excited. I'm excited to see how Kershaw pitches in Game Two. 100%. I really am. Yeah. I want to see him really change the narrative. I know he did with that shortened season, but in a full season, full season. change the narrative that you're not a postseason choker. It's been such know? a great season for him. And again, I, I'm I'm thinking at this point he will come back. But people kind of. Uh, thought of this season as potentially his last in the way that he's pitched this year. And I mean, again, so close to a perfect game twice. I know this yeah. year. it's been incredible that the season that he's had, um, I know. but the Dodgers really do have to win it all this year. It was two years ago, G Hey, where we're, we're, we're you know, covering the playoffs um, and no fans, you know, they, they, they begin the postseason with the, I think it was like the wild card series at home, no fans. They go to the first division series against the Padres in Texas, no fans. Championship series against the Braves. So, by the way, it can really play out like it did two years ago where they play San Diego, then they play Atlanta. But if you can finally win it all in front of your home fans and get that parade, get that parade yep. that you never got. How, how contentious do you think it's going to be amongst the the teams and the fan bases. It could, you know, because here's the thing. I don't know how contentious it'll be games one and two here in Los Angeles, but Dodger fans travel. And I mean, listen, when you, you say travel, it, it's a two hour drive or a two hour train ride to San Diego. There's gonna be a ton of blue there. There's gonna be a ton of Dodger fans there. In the past, when the Padres have not been so good, it has, been, has felt like Chavez Ravine uh, South. I think it'll be more split. But yeah, listen, there will be a lot of uh, fans that are like upset about that. And yeah. so uh, I isn't contentious on the field as well. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, the Manny Machado, Mookie Betts, go back and see your dugout and stuff like that. Again, that was the seeds were planted for a great rivalry. And they, 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 they took a year off a year ago in terms of the Padres not being so good. They're back. The Dodgers are back. It's going to be fantastic. And we will be there. And we'll be covering it all on the Mightier 1090. That's all the time that we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we worry brothers Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.